Hi, everyone. You are listening to She Leads with Carly. Our guest today is Mandy Fields, the Chief Financial Officer at Elf Cosmetics. As you will hear in Mandy's intro, she has led finance at many well-known brands, including Bevmo, Albertsons, and Safeway. In our chat, we talk about how she navigated her career, which involves a scary but effective cold email, the top three skills that are important for every CFO, and grabbing opportunities as they come, as you will see that Mandy does very, very well. I've loved this chat with Mandy. She's such an inspiration, and I hope you enjoy as well. Hello, Mandy. Thank you so much for joining She Leads today. I am so excited to have you on the show, so thank you so much for coming. Well, thank you, Carly, for having me. This is a real pleasure. Of course. So, Mandy, you are currently the CFO at Elf Beauty, but prior to Elf, you were the CFO at BevMo, the number one specialty beverage retailer on the West Coast. And prior to that, you were the VP of Finance and Analytics for Albertsons, which, again, one of the largest food and drug retailers in the U.S. And you also held senior leadership positions in finance at Safeway, Gap, and more. So, Mandy, it's incredible to have you. And I can't forget, you were recently recognized in Profiles in Diversity Journal's 2020 Woman Worth Watching Award, which is really honoring outstanding female execs who are leading excellence in the workplace and empowering the next generation of women leaders. So, Mandy, you can imagine that you are the epitome of she leads. So I'm just really, it's really so happy to have you. <laughs> well, you do such a good job in summarizing all of that. So Great. thank you. Of course. So, okay. What I love to do, I love to start off, take me back to when you're at Indiana University, you know, you're actually one of the few who are still pursuing a career that aligns with their major. So you got a bachelor's in finance. So I'm, I'm wondering where did this passion for finance stem from? Well, believe it or not, I, I think it was born into me. So when I was a kid, I can think back to probably being eight, nine years old. I used to sit down with my mom when she would do her budgeting for the month. And I would sit down, I'd write down, okay, this is what you need to spend here. This is what we're going to save. Oh I write it all down for I, I, It's something that I've just always had a passion for. That's amazing. I don't think that's, I, I think that's not very common amongst many, many not. people. So, so that passion obviously carried to Indiana University. At this time, did you continue to see it post-college or how were you really navigating your career? You know, I'm going to major in finance and where did you see your, your future? Well, I really had to make a decision when I was in school between finance and accounting. I think those are kind of the two main tracks if you're going to be in business. And so I always did really well in accounting, but I found that it was not as dynamic as finance. Finance, there were all kind of cool things that you could get into. So I decided to go the finance route. And so those were really like the offer options that I had when I graduated. Go into big four accounting or go into finance of some sort. And so I ended up going into finance with what was then a regional bank called Bank One. Okay. And Bank One, uh, Jamie Dimon was the CEO of Bank One. He's now CEO of Chase. So Chase acquired Bank One maybe six weeks into my first job. And so I was in Chicago and the, the opportunity arose because of the acquisition to move to New York. And so that's where I moved to New York and I joined the Equity Capital Markets Group and did investment banking out of New York. Wow, amazing. So yeah. at this moment, did you have, you know, mentors kind of guiding you along the way or or was it almost just like you being like, okay, this is 
next path for me, you know, investment banking and, and I'll kind of just play it by ear and see what, what opportunities arise? Or did you have this like methodical approach? <laughs> there was nothing methodical, <laughs> nothing methodical about it. Actually, when I moved to New York, I had never even visited New York before. Wow. So I just showed up with my bags and found, uh, had a meeting set up already with an apartment hunter to help me find an apartment. I just jumped right in. So I had no kind of path already, you know, kind of mapped out for me on how to be successful in banking. I just used what I had within me. So I knew that I was a hard worker. I knew that I like to figure things out. And I just took it from there. Amazing. And so walk me through post post banking then. What what questions were you asking yourself to realize, okay, it's now like time for me to move on. I'm not going to stay in banking. So there was a couple things. There were, um, I would say, personal things that were going on. So I had met my now husband. We've been married almost 15 years. Yeah, 15 years. Uh, I met him while I was in New York. And uh, he actually lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So I lived in New York. He lived in New Mexico. He worked for us because he would be the only person that was still awake when I would get off of work because he was three hours behind me. So <laughs> that worked out for us. Meeting him, though, made me realize I did not want to spend my days working 24 hours a day. Yeah. Also, professionally, I was covering the oil and gas industry. Mm. Not for me. Not, not super you know, interesting. I wanted to get into consumer because I felt that if you can align yourself with an industry that you have a personal passion about, like everything is, is much easier, much easier to get through. And so I decided to reach out to the CFO of The Gap at the time. So that's why I like you, Carly, because you got this whole thing going on through LinkedIn and she leads. I was an early adopter of that methodology way back in the day um, before LinkedIn. And I reached out to the CFO of The Gap at the time, a guy named Byron Pollitt. I sent him my resume and I said, hey, I'm moving to the Bay Area. I would love to work for your company. I love Banana Republic, you know, all of these things. And sure enough, like three weeks later, I had a job. Oh at the my Gap. goodness. That's amazing. <laughs> so first, what made you reach out to Gap? Like there's so many consumer companies out there. Like where did you always have this passion for Gap or what made you reach out? Well, you know, Gap is pretty much one of the largest consumer retail companies in the Bay Area. <clears throat> and that's where we were relocating to. And so I said, I'm just going to go for it. I had fond memories. So in my very small amount of free time, when I lived in New York, I would always go shopping and I always stop at Banana Republic. And I was like, this is just such a cool company. I would love to work here one day. Wow. I Easy love as it. that. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think it goes along with what you're saying, even like the passion aspect, like, you know, as a consumer that you're passionate about it. And so you wanted to really like see what happens behind the scenes and what, you know, what makes the, what keeps exactly. it ticking. So I love that. And then from there, you go to Gap. Was it up to your expectations or like how, how were you in this, in this state, like mentally and also just like professionally being like, okay, this is a great point in my career. Oh my gosh. Gap was so much fun. I mean, so many great people, folks that I still keep in touch with. In fact, after Byron uh, transitioned out of the Gap, a woman by the name of Sabrina Simmons came in as CFO and I ended up uh, forging a relationship with Sabrina. Again, just emailing her. Hey, hi, Sabrina. <laughs> I would love to hear more about, you know, being a CFO and investor relations and all of the things that kind of roll up under you. And she was nice enough to open her door to me anytime I wanted to talk. She was there. And now Sabrina is actually my audit committee chair at ELF. 
So we have come like full circle. So I, I haven't met, I hadn't developed some great relationships at Gap. It's one of, one of the best places Incredible. that I work. And we're going to yeah. get into this a little bit later, but were there a lot of females in, you know, these CFO positions for you to look up to? Or was like Sabrina kind of that's that one and you were like, you know what, I, I got to take a, advantage of this? You know, I would say that Sabrina definitely was one of the first ones that yeah. opened her door to me. Um, I would say also at Chase or at J.P. Morgan, um, there were a lot of women in leadership positions, believe it or not. Uh, I think that's something that Jamie has always kind of um, wanted to make sure that there was diversity and representation in, in his company. So definitely saw women doing great things at, at J.P. Morgan as well. Um, I would say that when I made the transition over to grocery, that's where I started to feel like, oh, it's a little bit more male dominated, uh, a little bit more old school uh, in the approach. And so that's where I really had to kind of uh, sharpen my navigation skills. Yeah. Okay. So great segue. Tell me now, you know, what made you leave Gap and go the grocery route to Safeway, Albertsons and things like that? Yep. So it's always going to be two-sided, personal and professional. Yeah. So personally, I knew that I wanted to have kids. And so I uh, was commuting, you know, a total of three hours a day. And it's just not sustainable. I was living in the East Bay, commuting into the city. And so when the opportunity came along with Safeway, it was super interesting because they were bringing in-house all of their private label brands. So, you know, 20-something brands they were bringing in and going to build out a full kind of CPG model within the company. And so I was one of the first people to join the team. So mm. it was super exciting opportunity. And it was 10 minutes away from my house. I see. So it was almost <laughs> that, that aspect of it really allowed you to be like, you know what, I'm growing. In, in order to grow personally, I need to make this yeah. change professionally in a way. That's right. I see. That's right. Amazing. And then, and then from there, Safeway to Albertsons, like almost, I think the co core thing is like, what made you realize, okay, now, now it's time to move on. Was it generally like a personal, you know, what comes first or what made you realize, you know, it's time for a change, whether it's a different position or I don't know. Yeah. Well, so I'm, I'm, I would say that I'm always um, learning and super curious about things. So I'm always like wanting to know more about things, wanting to learn new things. It's like a never ending. I always want to make sure that I'm keeping up on what's going on. And so I would say that in all of my career transitions, even within Gap, so I went from, I think I started as a staff analyst and I left there as a manager. It was just always for an opportunity for me to learn something new about the company. And so I never really shied away from, oh, hey, Mandy, would you like to do a licensing, uh, sunglass licensing for Banana Republic? Sure. Why not? Let's learn about licensing and royalties and all those things. You just put them as tools in your toolkit and you never know when you're going to use them again. Um, and I would say the same thing within Safeway. Um, you know, I joined the own brands group with Safeway. Safeway was then acquired by Albertson. Mm -hmm. So that just kind of forced a change. I and I got to work on a merger, which was really cool. Um, and own brands was a huge part of, you know, the reason why Albertsons wanted to purchase Safeway. And so I got to do a lot of fun things there. And if I didn't have those opportunities, then I would never have met the head of own brands who came in after the merger, who became the CEO at BevMo, who then brought me over to be CFO wow. <laughs> at BevMo. Incredible. I think, 
I think your story is so what it what it shows so much is how like everything is connected and also that like yes and mentality that you have. It's more just like yeah. something's presented to you. You know what? I'll learn from it. Maybe I won't know what I'll learn from it right now, but you know later down the road I'll see where you know the lessons that I learned from it. So I think that's incredible. So yeah. what did you ever? How was that transition from like the you know junior level or you know. Yeah, the junior level positions in finance to now being a senior level, whether it's VP of finance or CFO. Was that a hard transition and really, you know, kind of new new skills that needed to be added? Uh, I'd say that, you know, there were all always skills that I could leverage that I had learned along the way. And yeah. so I had the opportunity and really privilege from very early on of interacting with CFOs and CEOs because of my banking experience. So I was always very comfortable you know, very composed, very professional in all of those settings. So I think that helped me kind of come along and kind of stand out a little bit more than others who had not had those types of experiences. Yeah. Uh, but I will say that as a leader in an organization, it is more important, right, for me to help my people to shine versus for me. So when early on, it's all about you. You got to make sure you're getting out there. You got to put your work out there, make sure people know what you're working on and kind of tout yourself as you go along. Yeah. It's less so about you as you get to the higher levels, more so about making sure your people have what they need, yeah. making sure they have the right opportunities, they're growing. And so that has been the biggest transition. Yeah, very interesting. I love that. I think that's very important. Yeah. So you mentioned you mentioned how you were able to stand out because you know you had this experience in banking, you worked with CEOs. So now kind of going back to what we talked about, being a female in finance, not only a female, but also a person of color in this space. And then again, like grocery markets, you said it's very male dominated. So how did you, you know, stand out from the rest for your other male counterparts who are applying for the same CFO position and whatnot? Yeah. So I would say, you know, even back in banking, like I said, it was, it was, there were women represent, there was women representation in banking, but it was still hard as a woman in banking. Yeah. There's just not a lot of women in finance in general. And so I remember early on, you know, having to kind of prove myself as a young black female uh, in banking. Like it's just, there's not many of us. And even as a CFO, it's still very male dominated. And so I think that I have had the, the pleasure of being connected with companies that value uh, different points of view. And so I would say that Dimitri Halulos, my CEO at BevMo, he really valued my opinion. He knew that I would get down into the details with him if he needed it, but he also knew that I was a good leader and mentor of people. And so those skills he valued. And so he said, you know, when he was looking for a CFO, I was the right person to bring in. I think the same thing for Elf Beauty. Uh, when I met Terang, you know, they were... There was uh, Corey Marchisoto, my CMO, and myself came in at the same time. Prior to us, the leadership team there was all male, believe it or not, for a beauty company. And so we came in and we have just been kind of just a new set of eyes, a new perspective. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's been great. And I think people see the value in that. And once you have the experience of interacting with a diverse set of people, you understand the value there. Yeah, I love that. You said I could do. It's okay. Sorry. No, it's fine. This is so real life. I love it. How old are your kids? 
My kids are seven and eight. Oh, so cute. Boys or girls? Or? Two boys. Oh, it must be a handful. <laughs> oh totally. God. All right. So, um, where you just, okay. Yeah. So from that, I'm wondering also, okay, wait, I lost my train of thought with your kids. No um, <laughs> oh, so, okay. So Mandy, tell me now about that transition from, you know, going to grocery retail to now cosmetics. And one thing I'm particularly wondering is not only that transition, but you know, being a CFO, does it require different skills based on the industry or is this kind of, you know, a set like a strong CEO will succeed in whatever industry? I think a strong CEO can, or CFO can uh, CFO, succeed yes. across industries. Um, you know, you do need to take the time to get to know your company, the business, the drivers, all of those things. Like I said, I started in oil and gas. Yeah and made the transition over to consumer. So I think anything is possible. Yeah, and then that transition from grocery to cosmetics, was that like a crazy transition and what made you attracted to ELF? Yeah, so first of all, ELF is a phenomenal company. Yeah. I mean, we're one of nine publicly traded companies that has more than two thirds of their board as women. So just really leading the charge in, in that area. Um, but the transition from grocery over to beauty was really not that big of a transition. If you recall, in grocery, I was over the own brand's portfolio. So that was really like a CPG within Safeway um, that had so many brands. And we had to go and sell into the grocers just like every other P&G and all of those other guys had to sell in. So I really, it's the same kind of CPG concept. Just now, I'm only focused on one brand instead of. 20 yeah. and 400 categories now I'm in two categories color and skincare awesome amazing so Mandy I believe you are the first CFO that I've had on this show so I'm very excited oh. about that but I'm wondering if you can give you know attribute three skills that make such a successful CFO like yourself what what would you say those skills are when you know people like myself coming out of college you know they think I'm passionate about finance I could be a CFO what are those skills one is the ability to kind of be the calm in the storm, uh, be able to kind of bring people along as things are happening in the organization. Uh, I think that's super important. Collaboration, number two, very important. You work with so many different parts of the organization, marketing, sales, ops, all of those guys have a financial impact. And so you want to make sure you're staying close. And also, again, back to the first point, bringing people along um, to achieve the objectives that you have. And then number three, I would say, most important is the ability to have fun. I remember one of my early CFOs, Eric Bauer. He would um, <laughs> he was CFO at Banana Republic, and every town hall that he had, he would always do like a funny thing to kick it off. And so I think that just brings a little bit of realism to the role, because oftentimes the CFO role can kind of be seen on this island and you know so much about what's going on in the company and you can't talk about a lot of things and you know but when you're able to connect with the people i think that's super important yeah i love that i think i think that's important for any leader almost you know in that high up position yeah. to really like bring the level down and you know not be this this presence when you walk in the room and just realize everyone's the same so i think that's important so following that that calm demeanor that's very important i would love to hear kind of how you know, COVID and everything that's happening in the world, how that has impacted your role and really just maintaining like your personal calmness, but also being able to 
project that to the company and make sure that ELF is okay? Yeah, so I think that in times like this, like COVID, um, the CFO's role is particularly elevated. Yeah. And so when COVID first happened, I mean, I remember it. I will always remember it. It was I was the last person in the office on March 16th. We That's when we decided to shut down the offices. We had a board meeting on March 17th. Uh, and it, we ended up having to do a Zoom board meeting on March 17th. And so uh, prior to that, that night before, I said, okay, I want to make sure that we have everything kind of lined up. If we're going to go into this uncertain time, first thing you want to do is make sure that you have liquidity, cash, that your credit amendments are all good. And so I immediately started down that path because if you run into any issues there, forget about any other plans. And so I started just going through my checklist. Let's make sure we're, we're you know, hunker down. We're going to take care of this. I met with the organization. We talked about cost savings that we were going to go after. Really rallied everyone around the fact that, you know, ELF made the decision that we were not going to lay people off um, as, a, as a kind of a first lever to pull for cost savings. Mm -hmm. And so I think people really appreciated that and really rallied to say, okay, we all were aligned around this plan. Well, guess what? Now plans have changed and how are we going to modify from here? And so uh, it was it was really a great moment uh, for the company. I, I you know, really enjoyed being able to kind of lead the organization through that. Now, we're still in it. I mean, the COVID is not over. In fact, uh, cases have surged and, you know, things remain quite volatile out there. Um, but, you know, I think we're doing a pretty good job of navigating it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that and how the whole approach that ELF took with this. I think it's it's very um, representative of the company, which I love. So I'm going to yeah. ask you one more question before we get to the fun questions, which is, you know, as I said, it's not common that you, you know, when you're very little sitting down with your mom and going through the numbers and, and all of that and being so passionate about these that finance. So I'm wondering really what do you think needs to be put in place for you know young females who who may not know that they have this passion but but it could be there because you know it's not taught in the education system really it's not taught in in high school middle school whatnot so what what advice do you have to really kind of give that confidence to females yeah so i would say and i really would love to see more women in finance yeah. honestly and uh so i would say you know just open your mind you know, I know a lot of people love to go into marketing, uh, and that's a fun place to be in business, but finance, you really do get to see a wide range of everything across the business, and so it's a really fun place to be. So I would encourage everyone, anyone who's interested, to kind of find women or others. It doesn't even have to be women. There, I have a lot of male mentors in, in my uh, kind of universe, so um, I think just finding uh, somebody who you can talk to about it, uh, your interest <laughs> would be really the best thing to do. Last two questions. One, what is a passion or hobby that you have that's really unrelated to your work? I love to sing. I'm not saying that I'm the best singer, but I do <laughs> love to sing. And I love to watch The Voice, American Idol, all of those things. It's mm -hmm. just, uh, if I was not a CFO, I would be on Broadway. Wow. Okay. I love it. Favorite, favorite Broadway musical? Oh, Hamilton. Oh, that's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Me too. I love Hamilton. Okay, great. 
And then my last question is, what is a fun or weird talent that you have? I guess, so no singing allowed, but fun or weird talent that really no one else knows about. So I'm going to, I'm going to go first, Mandy. Um, okay. What I do is I throw blueberries into my mouth and throw them up and catch them. So I'm in a new location here, so we're going to see how this goes, but all right. There we go. <laughs> oh, look at that. I don't have anything nearly that cool. So I tell you like a kind of a quirk. So, uh, and Tarang, our, my CEO at Elf laughed about this when I told him, but I am always counting things. So when I go upstairs, I count how many stairs there are. Uh, when I'm going down the stairs, I'm counting the stairs. When I am looking at, you know, reading something, I will count the words that I'm reading. So it's like something, I have like a, a counter. Wow. All of the time in my head. That's crazy. When somebody's talking, I will count the words that, how many words you have said. So have you been counting all of my words and my questions? It's probably like, I have not. Wait, that's amazing. I think that's, I think that just shows that you are so in the right place, you know, being a CFO. I'm so wired. Wow, that's so awesome. I love that. Well, Mandy, I have to say, thank you so much for coming on to She Leads. It's been so fun. I've learned so much from you and it's just been great. So thank you. Well, thank you, Carly, for having me.